0: Hi, this is Vicky from I Am Vicky Kate, and you are listening to Stories from the Other Side of Shame. The Absence of Dieting, originally published on She Has Cute Runners blog on the 12th of December 2013. Why is my story so hard to write? Why, when I see so many young women begin to travel down the same rabbit hole of dieting, comparison, ambition do the words become stuck in my throat or my fingers and I'm unable to tell them my story my story that was once so innocent and apparently quite normal to want to be thinner in order to be more attractive to my boyfriend to have more friends to be liked more or to be a better dancer with dreams of never again pinching those mere centimeters under my ribs and declaring myself to be a hippopotamus. Why is it so hard when I've come so far in both mindset and let's face it, age? Why won't the words spill out enough to be a warning sign that it's not the absence of dieting and everything that comes with it that may lead you down a path that looks like me, obese? Battling conditions on the inside that slow down or even hinder the path to wellness. No, it's the, not the absence, it's the starting. It's the skipping of lunch. It's the throwing of the sandwich in the bin as soon as you get to school. It's the drinking of Diet Coke. It's the shakes, the calorie counting, the big name companies that you write to, asking about their pricing and beg your parents to pay for you to be essentially fed dehydrated food that sometimes resembled what the cat ate. It's the fights that you have with your boyfriend over the breaking of your diet Of the sneaky bags of chips consumed in secret. The compulsion to eat comfort food, to cry yourself to sleep and occasionally attempt to rip yourself to shreds to ease the anxiety. It's a shame that follows you even once you know your saviour. The enemy's voice that buried itself deep in your mind so deep that when you were just a child and although that voice can be recognised for what it is now It's the scars that now resemble thorns. It's the ebb and flow, but it's always there in the background holding fast, the mirror reminding you that starting has consequences. When I hear their whispered conversations in the hallways about the size of their thighs or the insta-pics that scream of needs deeper than the admiration of a body worked hard for, I want to stand there and make them really see me and show them the consequences for starting and how hard it is to stop. And now, from the other side of shame. I remember writing this post after hearing some of the girls I was a year advisor for walking down the hallway outside my office, berating themselves for not having a thigh gap and being pleased with their lack of food consumption that day. One of my other students, who was about 17 at the time, had just left my office because she knew she had an issue with not wanting to eat, and she felt safe enough to eat her apple, her only food so far for the day, and it was lunchtime in my presence. I remember seeing her struggle internally with the shame for the need to eat. She told me stories of the insult that she was too fat to audition for a singing television show, even though this young woman had an incredible voice. She was also anything but fat or overweight. It was an easy insult for her jealous peers to throw at her. I went on my first paid official diet when I was 15. I wasn't overweight by any stretch of the imagination but my body structure compared to my best friend and fellow dancer made me feel like a hippopotamus next to her. I remember the event that kicked off me writing to diet companies asking for them for their prices. We were rehearsing for our Rockerstead Stedford entry and in demonstrating a lift my male PE teacher used me as an example. I remember it clearly both in my head and my body, his, oof, you're heavier than you look, comment. The shame washed over me like a wave and I wanted to flee the minute he put me down. Little did he know that that small statement that was probably, in fact, true and said nothing about being heavy, just heavier than expectation, Burrowed into my already highly critical and ashamed self and I would spend the next few decades trying to eradicate this event from my brain. I then spent the next almost two decades either on or off a diet losing and gaining the same 10 to 30 kilos over and over and over again. The shame of never being able to keep the weight off affected every single area of my life from my friendships to my career to my romantic relationships and even my relationship with god i could just never shake the idea that having a slender body equaled being the ultimate goal that first official diet i went on was jenny craig and back then it was basically dehydrated food and i remember crying in my room on so many nights because i was starving both physically and mentally and wanting it to work so badly. After about six weeks, it did. I had lost almost seven kilos and had the approval of my mum, my dance teacher, my friends, and my boyfriend. I had made it. Little did I know how hard it was going to be to keep off, and a year later, I had put on about 10 kilos of that weight and a whole load of shame and disgust from my boyfriend, who would tell me that he was ashamed to be seen with me. There was no one in my life at the time to set me straight, to talk me out of dieting in the first place, to show me that all I needed to do was move a little more and probably eat a little more and with better nutrition. Those pesky seven or so kilograms would have melted away had I've known now what I didn't know then. But that's life isn't it? We learn from our decisions both the good and the bad. And if we're lucky, we can catch ourselves early enough for it not to do irreparable damage. I wasn't so lucky. It took me until my 40s to learn how to eat mindfully and without shame and bariatric surgery to convince myself that I actually deserve to lose weight and live a life fairly free of the shackles of dieting and shame of my body. What I am finding interesting at the moment, living on the other side of shame. Is upon noticing the other day that I've gain, regained about seven to nine kilos from this time last year, and discovering this by my summer dresses feeling a bit too tight for my liking. I had only somewhat a brief thought, which was more like a reflex, to go on some diet to fix the situation. There was no shame attached to it, and no shame attached to the idea that I'd put on some weight. In fact, I've almost made it a point to comment on it to close friends. Not so they can tell me that they haven't noticed, but for me to say it out loud, to test how it felt, feeling those words on my tongue, and measure the amount of shame I felt in doing so. Hand on my heart, I can tell you that so far there is no shame attached. Yes, I have been a little laxer in eating and choosing certain foods over others. Yes. I have crazy hormones post-surgery and my body is moving into a new stage of life. Yes, social distancing and COVID stress encouraged me to eat a little more than I needed. But I'm not ashamed of any of this. Nor do I want the weight gain to continue either. So I'm going back to what I know and thinking more about my choices and my current needs with regards to hunger. There is such a freedom in not dieting and not being held in chains of shame. I only wish I'd discovered the pleasure of it sooner. Love, Vicky. So thanks for listening. If you have a chance, please visit iamvickycake.com. I've got other things, not just stories, on the website. I've also got some cooking and recipes. Cooking for one as a bariatric patient is a bit of a challenge sometimes. So, I've put some recipes and ideas of things that I do a lot, and hopefully, this will help you as well. I also have information about mind body eating coaching and groove and other amazing strategies that you can also use. And I'd just love for you to leave me a comment, give me some support, or check out my Instagram and Facebook socials. Again, I am Vicky Kate. Thanks for listening.